0: Welcome to Eat, Sleep, Run, Repeat. We've got a Gold Coast Marathon bonus show here. I was uh, lucky enough to sit down and have a chat with uh, Dave Ridley from Melbourne. And uh, he gave us some great tips for marathoning. Um, anyone who's doing the Gold Coast should should listen to this because there's some some really good takeaways. I uh, just want to say thanks to Dave for uh, having a chat with me. It was awesome. And... Good luck to everyone on the weekend, not long now, it's almost here. So enjoy this one team. I certainly did with Melbourne's Dave Ridley. Welcome to the show, Dave Ridley.
1: Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, it's a real privilege to you to reach out and for me to jump on the call. I'm I'm pumped for it.
0: Oh, it's awesome to have you, man. I I really wanted to um, have a chat to you after Noosa. Cause um I gave you a shout a couple of times on the course actually, but you you kind of gave me the the runner's nod.
1: I didn't give you too much on the course, did I? I was um I thought I was pretty uh pretty jovial and pretty chilled on that run. So obviously I was I'm more locked in than what I thought I was.
0: Uh yeah, I was gonna actually ask you about that because I think I heard you either on the microphone afterwards saying that you kind of weren't pushing it that hard. Is that right?
1: <laughs> um uh yeah i mean that would be the yeah that that is the sort of truth of it i um i got my my boss actually challenged me to to come up and to run it and we had a bit of bit bit of a bit on the line so if i was going to win the race then uh, i was going to win if i lose and i you know if i didn't win then you know obviously lose the bet and so my strategy going into the race was just to sit on um whoever was in front of me just for as long as they um, we're there, and then um, and then just try to yeah settle them until they got tired and dropped off, and then just keep going. And yeah, the fella who was leading to about 22k, he was pushing the pace quite handily. Like we're running, I think I ended up running like 225 or something like that, and I was sort of hoping to go a little bit slower. But um, yeah, I was happy with just how comfortable and controlled it was. I hadn't been doing too much, yeah, too much in the way of really specific marathon training leading up to that. I just come off a, a massive focus for me. Um, at Rotterdam Marathon in April Um, so I was just in a bit of a down period at that point in time just um, yeah kind of finding my feet again in training and just jumped into the Noosa Marathon just for uh, a bunch of fun. Get a bit
0: of prize money as well some easy money.
1: (laughs) Get a little bit of prize money and I mean it's such a great race up there it's it's warm it's pretty low cool and um, yeah low key and local and i've done it a few times we have never done the marathon before i've just done the half up there a few times and uh i love it noosa is a beautiful part of the world so any chance to to go up there and run i just um jump on it
0: yeah it's beautiful up at noosa hey just a magical place we um we moved from england to australia in i think 1991 and uh, my parents really wanted to live in noosa but there was no there was no work up there at the time and i think um I think I remember my dad telling me that there was a block of land that was like right near the surf there um, near like Hastings Street for a hundred grand. And they were like, Oh, that's ridiculous. You know, no one's going to pay that. And now, Oh my God, it'd be worth about 4 million bucks or something.
1: Turns out they did pay that and they've like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. quite well. Um, yeah, no, it's a, yeah, it's, it's a pretty luxy place. And I'd love to spend a bit more time up there and, yeah, you know, potentially even move up there myself at some point in time, but um you know it's a bit of a, a longer term game plan, but it's a yeah beautiful part of the world to just be outdoors and you know there's some great running up there as well, um especially in the national park there. It's awesome.
0: Yeah So your running history, you've gone from basically running a two thirty nine marathon to your fastest of like two seventeen. yep. Like when did you start running marathons? Was was it pretty early on or?
1: Yeah, I, I suppose it was. I, was. I actually can't remember exactly what age I was. I would have been probably mid-20s, um, 35 now. So I suppose I've been running marathons for uh, 10 years or so. And at the time, uh, my coach, uh, Don Greg, he's a pretty iconic Kiwi, New Zealand, marathon running legend. And yeah, he he, I suppose interested me in the prospect of running a marathon to the first rant one ran 239 it was such a painful painful experience i honestly probably going into it i was probably in 230 shape like i you know probably the first few of them like i was able to run sub 230 from a uh, fitness and capacity perspective but just you know um just My legs used to get so beaten up, and just wasn't the legs weren't quite conditioned to just tolerate being out there for such a long time. So it definitely took me a, a couple of years just to sort of find my legs and find my feet in the marathon. And then, um, yeah, finally, I went to Sydney in 2014, I think it was, and ran 229. Um, then which, which, which was a yeah, a milestone moment for me. I think I spent a few years just trying to crack that sub 230 and then it was good to get it done. But um, yeah, those first few marathons and the 230s were very painful experiences of getting to halfway, feeling good, and then just um, the legs getting very, very, very sore and been a pretty painful experience in the back end.
0: This is a pre-super shoes as well.
1: Yeah, I was wondering if you're going to go there. It definitely was. I remember yeah. running um, some pretty lightweight, um, low stack height racing shoes. Um, I mean, that's what we used to wear like back in the day. And, uh, you know, nowadays we've just got so much foam under our feet. It just carries you that so much further in the in the race. You don't kind of end up with that same slamming sensation into the ground that you used to get. So it actually makes me, you know, pretty amazed when you think about, you know, what, what Deeks ran and what Monas ran back in the day and the shoes that they're wearing. Um, like it's, Pretty incredible
0: eh?
1: absolutely so um well we're, we're definitely fortunate these days doesn't mean you don't need to be you've got to obviously be so fit and have a massive engine to to run faster in the marathon but um it's definitely that impact is lessened a little bit with the shoes
0: definitely helps out um us masters runners i mean you're not a masters but i am but
1: <laughs> oh i'm getting there man like um yeah just turned 35 so i've, I've definitely been yeah, around actually,
0: technically isn't 30 a masters runner like you can join the masters at 30 it's crazy but
1: i don't know the classification all i know is that when i was early 20s i used to look at the 30 year olds and be like these guys are old that ain't <laughs> that has beens and now i'm sort of mid 30s yeah. going just trying to hang on to the dream for a little bit longer <laughs> oh,
0: mate, you're, well you're killing it 217 man that's flying
1: yeah, no, yes. it definitely is. Um, so I did that a couple of years ago um, in 2021 in Sydney. They put on a uh, Olympic trials race that Athletics Australia put on to try to entertain Aussies to run a quick time inside the qualifying period. Um, I just took advantage of that because obviously during COVID, there wasn't a lot of opportunities to run a quick marathon and I was just yeah, chomping a bit to, uh, to run something quick. And yeah, it was a really interesting race. I was um yeah just so so stoked to kind of get one done that i felt just proud of like it felt like a complete race for me with a lot in in a few different regards up until that moment i felt like i hadn't quite put together the a marathon that i was i suppose proud of for myself like that i thought that i could actually um do so i was very focused on just the execution of that race and just executing really well so yeah i looked look back finally at that experience i think um yeah i feel like i can definitely run faster now but again it kind of comes down to can you execute and can i actually turn up in the right shape but also the right mindset and um you know just get it right on the day which is extremely tough sometimes when you're when you're pushing the limits
0: it's like really hard to get everything right and that like there's so many so many things that can go wrong that that yeah. that race you're talking about that was on like a lapped course too wasn't it like it had a few sharp turns in it if I m- remember
1: yeah you're bang on and you're um and it was some painful sharp turns uh so I think there was uh, it was out at the regatta out at um Parramatta I think it was and we were supposed to be running around the lake uh where they do a lot of the rowing and A couple of weeks beforehand, one side of the path got washed out. So they updated the course, making us just essentially do an out and back. But with one of the ends of the course, it was this sort of, you know, a few different corners and jumping over a bridge, not jumping, but going over, running over a bridge and turning around and a few U-turns and things like that. So um, every lap, and I think it was nine laps, you just had this probably two-minute section of just winding through um some twists and turns and it was just yeah every lap pretty painful just like trying to hold on to the pace especially through that zone of the race
0: so you're the head coach for Nike Australia
1: um yeah I am so there's a co-coach as well Lydia O'Donnell so between Lydia and I we share the yeah the coaching roles for Nike Australia and New Zealand which is an awesome privilege and so um that's definitely been a evolving journey over the last you know seven years for me and yeah super exciting about what's to come down the pipeline in the future as well for the community and just um, some of the ideas and thoughts that nike have for how they can help uh, facilitate really positive movement in the community and be a real facilitator and of running and sport in a really positive way so they rely heavily on people like me and lydia to to help provide them with insight into the community, but also help shape training plans and um, just how they actually show up um, with some of the materials that they put out into the community. So it's a awesome role, awesome opportunity. And as I said, there's some yeah big things coming with one of the new initiatives that they've got, which is called the uh, Nike Well Collective, which is essentially really encouraging people to move in ways that feel right for them. You know, one of the key insights is that there's a huge drop off of sport participation in females especially around that um, high school age and also with women as they go into motherhood so there's a a tremendous opportunity to actually engage with women in particular but also men who don't necessarily identify as athletes or participating in sport um, and actually provide them with Education, but also ways in to, to think about what it means to move and become less um, sedentary in their lives, and actually just engage in sport in a slightly different way, and, and maybe in a way that's not so institutional. So, if you think about running as a way, you know, as a sport or football or basketball, there's actually you're just going outside and going for a jog, or going for a walk, or going for a hike, or doing a, you know, Thai kickboxing or whatever that thing is. Whatever moving means means to people is really what we want to advocate for so that's a really exciting space to play and and certainly um we all know that the world needs it right the world needs to people need to move for for mental health and physical health so um it's exciting to be able to help nike promote that and and help provide people with guidance and training as they engage in um the discipline that i love which is running
0: that's yeah we're we're always um like giving like local guys a good pump up, like not necessarily the, you know, even the faster guys or just people that have, they've just got into running and made good improvements. And yeah, we're just, we're always just trying to get people interested, get them started. And then, you know, people just get it in their mind that they hate running, but haven't really ever give it a try. And it's such a great sport for um for like, as you get older, there's just, you don't have to be like competitive, you can improve yourself, be competitive with yourself, can't you? It's such a great sport for that.
1: Absolutely, like you, you hit the nail on the head. And um, personally, I coach a, a broad range of athletes as well, and it's all—it's so rewarding for me to see people that haven't necessarily engaged with running as a sport, and then they kind of have this question of like, "Oh, I'd, I'd like to run, and I'd like to get a little bit better. Like, how do I do that?" And um, or they don't see themselves as a runner. You know, part of our job is people in the community is to kind of just, just welcome people in, but also not make it a sport that feels like too technical or too um, like you need to be the best at it. Otherwise you're not welcome. It's about, Hey, whatever fitness, whatever running means for you, that's completely cool. And, you know um, and try to provide them with the guidance and the tools to make really good decisions and, and how they, and how they run. Uh, One of the things that I tend to see, more often than not, is people get pretty excited about starting running, and they they might start and they go at it pretty hot for a couple of weeks, and then they they burn out and um, or don't like it anymore because it's it's a hard sport, it's a tough sport. So part of the art of it is actually trying to find ways to make running fun and engaging, interesting. Um, it doesn't always have to be that you have to get better every single run either. I think that's a, often a misconception for for people just coming into it which is oh every run i need to run further or i need to run faster or i need to each week get a little bit better or each month get a little bit better it's this you know running is this non-linear sport where you have to just have fun with it over time and then it's like you know it's like compounding interest it just builds and builds and builds and you just go yeah. on all the different um you know uh you know layer on all the different training over a long period of time so that's a bit of a ph- philosophical perspective about um Yeah, running, but it's certainly, it's a cool sport to welcome people into, but the art of it is um, just encouraging people not to go into it with the mindset of, I just have to be better tomorrow. It's like, no, just be patient with this and enjoy the process of just figuring it out and and exploring what a run means because there's so many different types of runs.
0: Really good points there. It's, uh, yeah, like you say, with the layering, that's such a good way of explaining it because the training improvements in performance just come from months and months and months of layering and layering and layering training hey
1: oh absolutely I think you know even in my experience with my running I probably because I've run my whole life like I've from when I was at primary school through high school and you know used to run cross country and track and all that um carry on and was really competitive when I was younger but I probably um you know, especially around when I was 17, 18, kind of not plateaued, but just didn't get any better for a few years and it just kept chipping away. And then it probably wasn't until, you know, mid mid to late 20s that it all started to clip for me. And you probably the years of just training and figuring things out. Then all of a sudden there was a, a bit of an unlock moment where um, I started to reap some of the rewards. And, you know, my times in the marathon progressed um, quite rapidly after that, once I just, um, I suppose unleashed a, you know, the years of training. So it does take time, and it does take um, some patience, and it just take takes sticking at it as well. And I think everyone knows that intuitively, but knowing it and doing it is a is a um, mm. a tricky thing.
0: You want it to just happen overnight. Eh? You know. Oh,
1: we're all impatient, and we all want it tomorrow. But um, you know, if you rush that process, sometimes it can be, you know, you end up a bit broken, a bit injured.
0: Yeah. Mate, so I saw on your Instagram—I think it was Instagram—that you're running the half and the full um, at the Gold Coast Marathon this weekend.
1: Yeah, All I know right? the next question is going to be why are you doing it and I don't—I <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know if I have a really good answer for you. yeah, um, uh, I am, so I'm—I'm I'm excited. Yeah, I'm—I'm I'm just genuinely excited for it and kind of curious to see how it will—how um how it will go and. And how the body will feel especially after the half and then probably a 10k into the marathon it's going to be an interesting experiment
0: i saw um liam adams did last year i think he was third or in the half or fourth and a half and then next day he was pacing the leaders in the marathon and i remember just thinking i was watching the uh the replay thinking god man jesus guy's tough as nails
1: yeah yeah it definitely um oh he there's lots of great athletes in Australia, and I certainly look up to, to Liam as a, as a source of inspiration. I think you know, he kind of embodies a lot of the characteristics of, that I uh, would like to exhibit as well. So he's, he, he comes from a great generation, probably like I have, which is you has know, been a tough, tough runner and doing the tough work, and you can see that in the way that he shows up but in addition to that he's also just a great guy so um he, he you know he's easy to get along with but yeah seeing him do that last year it's he's always doing something pretty crazy so um and I know he's doing the marathon this year as well so it's exciting to see what he'll do there
0: yeah saw so, um in the com games he had like his shoes like spray painted or blacked out or something was that because he didn't have a a, a shoe deal or
1: um, I'm not sure of the specific. If I ever
0: found out why he did that. Yeah, but, and, yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I've seen him do that a couple of times. I think, yeah, probably only Liam knows the <laughs> the reason that he's doing that. Um, but it definitely gets uh, uh, people asking questions about it because I think if people see the shoes and go, what, what's he doing? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I think it's, yeah, this Sunday will be, this well, Saturday Sunday will be an interesting weekend for me. Um, I think the decision to run, the double really just came out of just wanting a short-term challenge and I'm probably not in the shape right now to to give the half or the marathon a really decent crack after um, building up for Rotterdam earlier in the year and so I just wanted a new challenge for a little bit before I start my next build into Melbourne Marathon so I was throwing a around a few ideas with the coach and we sort of said well why not have a crash course weekend of some big training and let's just do the double and see how that goes so I threw it at him and he agreed um so we're just we're just going to embrace it and see how it goes but uh I'm sort of going in with the mindset of just trying to have fun and and not really overthinking it to be honest so um I'm I haven't trained specifically for it I'm just going to jump in and and uh yeah just try to be patient, but just enjoy it on the day as well and enjoy the atmosphere. It should be, yeah, I love the Gold Coast and racing up there. So I really just wanted to get amongst it.
0: Mate, to be honest with you, I don't really know too much about your um, performance in Rotterdam. So do you want to just tell us about that?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, So I went into your Rotterdam uh, Marathon, which was mid-April this year. I was extremely focused going into that race. I Yeah, I went in with the mindset of, wanting to run 2.13, 2.14 and shave a good few minutes off my 2.17 time. That 2.13, 2.14 has been my goal for probably a couple of years now and, and certainly uh, still my goal because I haven't hit that yet. So I'm pretty focused on on that. Um, and Rotterdam is, Nolan has been a, a, competitive, but also a competitive race, but also a really fast race. Um, and at the ideal time of the year as well, where conditions are pretty good. So... Yeah, I had a fantastic build-up, really started November of uh, 2022. It's been a few months over summer just getting fit and then really just flip, uh, flicked the switch from the 1st of Jan into a pretty big block of training all the way through to April. I had a yeah really good mate who I became, uh, I suppose, pretty close with, Reese Edwards, um, jump in for a lot of my sessions, uh every Saturday, pretty much all the way through to Rotterdam, which was just awesome. So um Reese who uh, is that sorry? Yeah, Reese Edwards. He's Reese Edwards, okay. Yeah, 63 minutes for a half marathon and he's run, I think 213, 214 for the marathon. Um and he, he flies under the radar in Australia a little bit, but he's he's a great trainer and a great operator. And so him and I used to, yeah, every Saturday we would um, he wouldn't ask any questions. He would just show up and do the session um, that I had planned. And yeah, we got super fit over those few months. So I went into Rotterdam with big expectations and everything had gone right in training. Um, and probably the only thing that didn't go according to plan was about 10 days before. Yeah. That 10 days before the race, I got a um, gastro bug, mm-hmm. which knocked me around for, you know, a good few days and, And then um, a week out, I arrived in the UK, in London, spent, you know, and started to feel better and I was feeling pretty good. So I went into the race feeling like I was 100%. um, But then pretty quickly, early on in the race, just felt like something wasn't quite there and just wasn't quite, like, wasn't quite hitting the ground and floating like I would want to in the marathon at that pace. So we were running about three tens per K and that should, should have felt pretty comfortable, but it was, I just felt a little bit on edge and a little bit, um, yeah, yeah not quite just in the rhythm that I wanted to, and then really got to 25 K and I just had nothing. Like I felt like a, like I couldn't run anymore. And and then, yeah, I suppose into entered entered a pretty dark place. To be honest, it was probably the first time in my running career that I've um, absolutely hated it. Like hated the sport, hated what I was doing wanted to give up, um, didn't want to, like, just... just Yeah,
0: so you were considering stopping.
1: Yeah, I I think I've, you know, absolutely considering stopping, but I do have a lot of respect for the distance in the race. So, you know, I won't pull out of a race, especially the marathon, unless I, you know, really, really need to, probably for medical reasons, but, you know, otherwise i just get it done. I think I was just over it. Like, I was over how much I'd given to that block and knowing that it was just, you know, it felt wasted. And that can happen when you're, you're giving everything to a, to a moment. um, And then off the, you know, the race ended and, and I just felt like pretty, pretty hopeless and just gutted straight afterwards. And yeah, had a couple of pretty emotional chats with my coach and, you know, my wife as well. And really just being, I suppose, the the weeks and months after just, yeah, finding my feet again and just trying to reignite the the love for running and what that means and so this is sort of why i showed up to noosa as a bit of a fun race just to engage in it yeah. and then this is also why you see me just kind of you know dip my toe into something a little bit different at gold coast which is about just having fun not taking it too seriously just being there with people and um no enjoying, pressure yeah no pressure and just just like just soaking it all in and kind of getting back to just what I love, which is just running and trying to challenge myself. And then, you know, after this weekend, if I recover well, then you're yeah, very much focused on Melbourne Marathon um, in October and trying to get that goal um, at that point in time. So that's, I suppose, been the journey in the last uh, few months or so, a bit of a, an up and down.
0: So to run 213, 214, so you've got to run like, say, 310 pace. Jeez, that's so quick. Like it's hard to fathom how you can maintain that pace. But that aside, would that would qualify you for uh like world champs or com games, would
1: it? you're touching on a nerve now. Um, I think a few years ago, that was uh well within the qualifying standards, um, especially for Australia, New Zealand, which is summer Kiwi and uh, moved over to Australia probably about eight years ago. Uh the standard has for New Zealand, for a long time, has been about 2.11.30. Recently, the standards have been revised, especially for the Olympics. And they're now more around that 2.08 um, time, which is extremely fast. So in Australia, um, you're seeing, you know, obviously Brett Robinson run the time. Liam, this weekend, I'd imagine he's going to go after it. And in New Zealand, you know, we probably don't have anyone right now that's capable of running that. Um, that time maybe Jake Robinson but yeah the standards just got higher and higher and harder and harder to hit so um for me hey I'd love to run those times but I've also just got to be you know be where my feet are and be and you know have those big goals but you've got to do one thing at a time so the next leap for me is that 213 214 range you know that sub 215 um and then hey if I can do that in the next whenever, then that might open up a door or an opportunity to um, to then stretch for the next goal. I think one of the things that I've learned is, you know, you do as humans, you put some glass ceilings on top of you, you know, sometimes uh, in, in front of you. And I'm definitely quite uh, practical in the way that I approach running. Like, I can't bullshit my, myself in terms of thinking that I'm going to run something crazy Cause I, I kind of know where I'm at and I know how my body yeah. responds. So I've got to be pretty just practical about what those leaps are. I I can dream about running 207, 208, but you know, I definitely know that I've just got to do the first thing first before I can do the, the stuff afterwards, if that makes sense.
0: So what splits would you have to run to run 208? Just seems like there wouldn't be hardly any runners that could qualify for that.
1: Yeah. Well, there's a lot, obviously a lot of East Africans and, um, it's a pretty small field i think the you know olympic committee want that field to be um, from memory it's like 100 or 120 athletes like it's quite small it may even be smaller than that and yeah they do want the fields to be quite competitive so um, at the olympics i understand the rationale there but at some other races like world champs and com games um i think it would be cool if there was opportunities for countries yeah. to send stacked teams and provide them with the opportunity. I mean. You, you see how exciting commonwealth games was was yeah. it last year with the aussies men and women and um you never know what's going to happen in a marathon it's just so cool when you see your country being represented so uh, you know i'd love to see more representation from you know australia and new zealand in in these in these big major uh, races
0: so would you run for australia or new zealand um like are you I'm, a us citizen
1: dual, i'm a dual citizen um, okay yeah uh i think look it's it's not honestly it's not in the foreseeable future of of a um
0: <laughs> worry about it when it happens to worry about it right now. yeah.
1: But, but in saying that um in 2020 i was due to represent new zealand at uh, world half marathon champs in poland um and so that race was supposed to be in i think it was uh, march Um, and so I was gearing up for your world half champs representing New Zealand. So, um, I think my allegiance is definitely, I'm a, I'm a Kiwi, but, um, you know, given the opportunity to run for Australia, then, you know, why not I I love this place and it's, it's home as well.
0: So getting to this weekend coming up, loads of our listeners are um, running the full or the, or the half. What advice have you got for the, for the marathoners that are listening? You know, we've got guys probably running from say. 340 down to 240 you know some even quicker 230s um couple of guys i know might break 230 if they go really well like what's some some good advice you've got for them
1: good advice i you know well i think people probably know all the the basics inside and out i think you got to go in with the right attitude into the race and it's that balance of being Confident and assertive, but also being patient out there as well. So, we all know that the race, the marathon especially doesn't start until, you know, halfway, maybe 25K. So, the way I frame it for myself is I frame the marathon in two parts one being setup, and then the back half of the race being execution. So, and the setup phase of the race for the first 25 K or so, all you're trying to do is conserve energy, conserve energy, get to 25 K feeling strong, feeling confident, feeling good. And then once you hit that mark or around that zone, then it's all about executing. And that's about doing what you've been training for. You know, like, yeah, you know, the training has been hard. You've been grinding. So this is the moment to show up and actually show that you can do it and believe in yourself that you can do it. Um, so really focusing, being disciplined in that first half, just just making sure you're not using any extra energy, being cons- as conservative as you can, being locked into the zone. And then once you get to that second half, it's about, okay, it's on. Let's go execute this thing. And maybe you can find, um, you know, some inspiration or, or something there just to kind of get you through. But um, the other thing that, so that's sort of the mindset. I think one thing I, I, think about as well as this concept of bracing which is about bracing for the pain so embracing for the challenge and one of the things that is always tricky is um, if you're running trying to run a personal best or trying to do your best ever you're actually asking yourself to do something that you've never done before so just take a moment to kind of go hey that's a cool thing that i'm setting out to do and and am i ready for that And, and confirm with yourself that you are like brace for it and go yeah i'm ready to to go in a little bit deeper than I've ever done before. And that might mean that I'm going to hurt a bit more than I ever had before, but I'm ready for that. I'm braced for that. And I'm going to, going to go for it. So I think there's a couple of just, you know, attitude and mindset.
0: You just that, made me nervous when you're saying that I was thinking, Oh, that's you're, you're yeah, you're right. I was like, Oh God, it's going to hurt, but that's yeah, what yeah, all the sure. training's been done for. Yeah, hey. Sure.
1: And you've got to get the confidence from the fact that you've done the training, you've done the work and you've done those long runs. And so you go into it with confidence and going, I've, I'm have i bracing for this, but I'm, I've been training and I'm ready for this. And it's definitely going into that um, that mindset. Other than those things, it's really about just hitting the basics. So, you know, having a, not doing anything on race day that you haven't done in training. So you don't want to take on any, new nutrition or too much nutrition or rush the nutrition um one of the things that i like to do is actually take on nutrition over an extended period in the race so i might have a gel or a little bottle and i might sip on that for maybe even a k or so um before i dispose of it the last thing that i'd want to do is gulp down the fluid um because it can un- you know unsettle your stomach or give you stitch or something like that so um, just let your body digest the fluid or whatever you're taking on, and then just don't do anything on on race day. The other thing, and again, it probably comes back to mindset, is also just take stock about what you're doing and where you are and and who you're doing it with. Like it's it's such a cool thing to be running in a in a city or a place with thousands of other people. Um and use that energy as your fuel if you can as well. Like lean into that and be like, this is a fun moment. Like i'm I'm here to have fun and racing is actually a fun thing to be doing and it's the thing that i want to do so yeah. again like in the mindset leading into the race no know, like knowing yourself that this is what you've chosen to do and this it's a fun thing that you're you're going to be doing and don't let yourself get bogged down and in, in terms of the fear of what of what might happen because you can't control those unknowns so just really be present in the fact that Hey, you've chosen to do this. And it's a, it's a fun experience. So lean into that.
0: Some great advice there. Be present. It's a good one. And uh, yeah, soaking it all up because it is easy to get, you can psych yourself out, can't you? I, I, I have trouble over the 5k. Oh, I mean, probably doing too many park runs, you know, you get to park run and don't really warm up properly and then think about having a crack sort of on the first like K, okay. but I have trouble sometimes over the 5k just, toughen it out you know the the voices start telling me oh it's hurting slow down and it's yeah it's like a muscle you got to grow you got to get stronger haven't you
1: yeah one of the again this is probably going pretty deep into the mindset but um just hear that voice in the race and there'll be a voice that pops up at some point in time which is um think about it that there's two minds you've got positive mind or negative mind and at different times in the race the two minds will pop up in different ways. Um, and so when, when they do like when negative mind pops up and that you hear that negative voice, just acknowledge it and be like, Hey, that's cool. I can hear you. I can see you. Um, but you don't actually have to, that, that negative mind doesn't have to be the thing that controls your destiny or your race. Um, so you can actually say to it, Hey, right, like, piss off, go away. I actually want to get positive mind back. And actually, you know, if you can just, see your thoughts and actually, um, realize that they're actually not in control of you, but you, you have agency over what you think and feel, then that can also be a powerful, um, way to think about dealing with the discomfort. So, um, yeah, that might, you know, and you can train those voices when you're actually doing the training because you, you know, and even in training, you know, those voices pop up with negative thoughts, but learning how to, to see them and then acknowledge it and go, you know what, I'm just going to park you. For a while, while I try to bring out the positive voice, is certainly a skill set, but it's also something to try to think about for yeah racing on over the weekend. So what
0: else have you got coming up? You got anything else major planned after Gold
1: Coast? Um, I think plan number one, depending on how the race uh, the weekend goes, will just be recover as quickly as I can. Um, I have a funny feeling I'm going to be pretty sore those few days afterwards. Um, but in terms of races my goal is yeah the nike melbourne marathon um, in october um i want to get after a fast time there but more importantly i really just want to put together a a training block that i'm really proud of like i want to get as fit and as fast as i have and i have ever done so i'm going to go all in on on my training and and see um see what i can do there so i'm super excited about that i've probably had a few months of just um you know as i touched on before just finding my feet a little bit and kind of getting that mojo back and i feel like i've got a fire inside of me now just to get after it so definitely focused on that race but there's also a couple of awesome half marathons that i'm focused on as well so there's the burnley half marathon that athletics victoria put on annually um it's a Normally, a pretty competitive field in a fast race, so I'm excited about that one. And then there's also that uh, that Grand Grand Prix race around Albert Park um, that I think they're doing for the first time as well. And there might be a half marathon there too. So, yeah, I'd love to, as part of this marathon build up in October, maybe knock out a couple of quick half marathons as a as a bit of an extra bonus.
0: What's that um that Grand Prix that you just spoke about?
1: I think it's in September and they're putting on a, a few different distances. I know for sure that there's a 10K and a half marathon and it's going to be on the Formula One track around Iowa Park.
0: Cool. Uh, yep. And
1: they're putting up some good prize money for the 10K. So I think they're trying to attract a, a field there. Fast, yeah. and, and then um, there's a half marathon as well. So I live a couple of hundred meters away from that park. I do a lot of training in that park. Um, so, for it'd be rude, not for me to to jump in, um, yeah. but I also think that it's a, a certified race in terms of its distance. So, having the opportunity to run fast there, um, and if I do, at, you know that that could lead to opening some doors down the track at you know world half marathon champs and things like that. So, um, um, cool. I'd love to run a I'd love to run a quick half and you know, see what I can do there.
0: So you're obviously a Nike athlete. What um shoes are you planning on running in this weekend? Would you wear something different for the half and something different for the full?
1: I've I've thought about it, but I'm packing pretty light. I'm just with carry on um, on the way up. So I'll just be wearing the Alpha Flight 2 for both races. Um, obviously pretty high stack height and yeah, the plans to get through the half marathon as unscathed as possible um really just yeah not go easy i'm not gonna go easy but just just try to relax on that race and hopefully the legs aren't beaten up and save as much as i can for um the marathon on the sunday because i think i'm gonna be pretty sore um probably about halfway (laughs) into that race
0: i have to book in and get a massage somewhere down the Goldie.
1: yeah i think um i've been thinking about what i do on that saturday afternoon and i'm just trying not to overthink it to be honest like it's hard for me not to go into like athlete mode uh, where I just want to do everything perfectly. Yeah. Um, I just got to kind of remind myself that, Hey, this is supposed to be fun. I've just got to, you know, just go up there and enjoy it. And, and um, you know, one of the tricks that I'm trying to do is not actually think about the races too much before I'm even on the start line. Like if I can just show up not even thinking about it, then that would be perfect and just totally, uh, relax. Just yep. totally relax and just deal with what happens in the moment so i'm pretty focused on yeah not overthinking it and not trying to craft a strategy too much but um just be just be smart and have fun with 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 the races
0: just on the alpha fly twos i i had the uh the kipchoge 159 like replicas Mm -hmm. you know the first sort of ones that come out and they were just maybe it's just because they were the first ones, but I, I just remember when I first put them on, I was like, oh my God, you know, these things are so bouncy. But I've got, I'm running in the version twos this weekend as well. And I just, I don't think they're as bouncy. Like what's what's your thoughts on that? you think there's much um, difference?
1: I I personally, I, I love them. I think the two was an awesome evolution on the first one, especially with the upper. And I've also seen some, some athletes run and wear the threes that i think will be out maybe next year sometime i imagine before paris um and they look pretty cool as well so yeah. i tend to find that you know most product evolutions that nike does especially with their performance shoes i tend to you know, respond quite well to them like even just the vapor flies even the most recent ones the threes i really like those again just a bit of a step change from yeah the the twos there the upper feels a bit more snug it just feels a lot like a lot snappier but i do know that with those shoes to get the quote unquote like benefit of them you want to be holding your running economy and your your stride together quite well so it's probably another good tip for people thinking about this weekend is as you get tired instead of fixating on you know um external things start to think about your cadence and just really lock on to just um being light on your feet and just having and just focusing on your turnover and that may mean just you know relaxing your shoulders and just but pumping your arms a little bit more and just getting some power from your arms but you're focusing on your cadence and just keeping that running economy um together is a good thing because it will also just help with how you're hitting the ground and probably just the wasted energy as well that you can have if, you, if your stride starts to get a bit sloppy so as you get tired just focus on you keeping that stride together so you're not wasting energy
0: well mate oh, wish you all the best for this weekend and uh your other events you got coming up thanks for having a chat to me it was a bit of a uh last minute one but legendary effort for coming on uh, hopefully catch you on the on the weekend. Say good day on the start line or something. You'll be a little bit further up the the chain than me, but <laughs> yeah, it'd be cool to see you.
1: Oh, uh, definitely no, um, absolutely my pleasure. And um, yeah, for, for sure, like sing out over the weekend. I'll I'll, I'll be around. And you know, to anyone that's um, that's listening in, just. Yeah, say so good day if you're um, if you see me up there. I'd love to have a chat, or if you see me in the race, give me a high five or something like that. Um, I'm 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 pumped to just be in it with everyone and be part of the community and be part of the atmosphere. So, you know, coming from Melbourne where it's pretty shitty conditions right now and cold, I'm hanging out to get back yeah. into some warm weather.
0: It looks like the backdrop behind you is overlooking a park or something. It actually looks
1: it looks cold. It's Fuck! It is freezing. So, um, and I'm I'm a hard man from New Zealand. No, um, but it is uh, it's been cold down here the last few days. So I'm uh, desperately looking forward to just being in a slightly warmer climate and um, yeah, and and probably hopefully wearing some shorts and t-shirts.
0: Yeah, for sure. Oh, thanks again, mate.
1: Good luck at the Goldie. Oh, uh, good. I appreciate it.
2: On me sometimes And I'll find That my mind Climbs higher Than it should climb by oh, my imagination I'm contemplating Hesitating On exploitating My mind Which you find In time Our minds They will shine with the they that shine You can put a time on mine Show me these Purple elephants a twisted intelligence Extension of tolerance Dimension of flowers In my mind Stop, rewind Now what the fuck did you find Ain't nothing in here but why Subliminal no messages Can't breathe Close your eyes Leave for your troubles Be Yes, it's fine Come kick it with me In my imagination In my imagination Well, sometimes Our minds play these tricks On us, sometimes we find that our minds They climb higher Than they should climb up. Our imagination Contemplates And on expertise in my mind, we should find in time our minds, they will shine with the wrongest shine you can put a time on minds. Who be these purple elephants, a twisted intelligence, extension on tolerance, dimension on violence in my mind. Stop rewind, now what the fuck did you find? Ain't nothing in here but why? up, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Close your eyes. Leave all your troubles behind. Yes, it's fine. Come figure with me in my imagination. In my Close your eyes, leave all your troubles behind, yes it's fine, come kick it with me In my imagination, I'm contemplating, hesitating, on in my mind, 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 mind